guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast, man. Today is another fiery one. We're going to talk about listening. We're going to talk a lot about listening. And you know what? To be honest with you, I've told you about effective listening and whatnot, but we never really dove into the details with that, which we're going to be doing in the next podcast. But let me give you an example. Okay, let's share some views with one another. If I were to ask you when someone is talking, I think it's rude to, I want you to fill in the blank. Now with me, obviously, when someone's talking, I think it's rude for anyone to interrupt. Now you see this a lot with news anchors. They do a lot of interrupting, but I think one of the worst interrupters is a guy who I used to follow about three years ago by the name of Gary Vee. And it was just so intolerant. And people, I guess, who have been following him for a long time, they're just like, okay, that's just who he is. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, that's just who I am. I'm just going to keep interrupting people and I'm not going to try to fix it. But it shows that he is tactless. He's not tactful. He's tactless, right? It shows that he's very impatient. It shows that a lot of different things. And so Again, interrupting someone when someone's talking, it disrupts the flow of the conversation. It destroys the thought of the other individual. It takes away their confidence. A lot of things. I think another thing is when listening, um, if I'm a teacher and I interrupt a student, that destroys their confidence too. So oftentimes out here in Thailand, I always get these, you know, these businesses through the tutorial center that I work out, you know, work at saying, oh, the students want you to correct them. And I'm like, I'm not correcting them only if I see them taking notes on the correction. Now, if I were to stop a student every time they would make a mistake, then that subconsciously really takes away their confidence. Uh, I've worked with the biggest asshole teachers in the world. Remember, you guys heard my last, um, what is it, my last podcast in regards to, you know, working at a, you know, a place in uh, north of Bangkok called Rangsit. And when I used to work at the tutorial center, I always heard teachers, instead of cheering them on, they jeered them on, meaning they would, they wouldn't only just like tell them that they said the word wrong, they would interrogate them. Um, there was a time where I had a wonderfully beautiful student at the time. Um, her nickname was Macy, and she was walking down the hall with me after I had gotten her and we were going to go into the classroom. And then this guy, a very senile, angry, just a typical foreigner, right, uh, who is just angry at the world, this self-entitlement, let's just put it that way, the privilege that this fool has. And it was so unsettling seeing him just interrogate the hell out of my student and make her feel like she was nothing i remember walking into the class and she looked back at the door and she just like cringed her face like what the hell was that about and i was like listen let me be honest with you these type of people exist because of this and i went on a rant and she felt a lot of a lot better because these foreigners because they feel so entitled they feel like they are the most perfect and they're not even real teachers but they feel like they're the most perfect individuals in the world that every time a non-native english speaker would say something like her at that specific moment he would just interrupt her and just continue just going away and taking away her confidence over and over and over i remember i was so angry that i was gonna walk in this class i was i was gonna say don't you ever fucking interrogate my student like that again well have you lost your fuck i didn't want to do that though but just to, it goes to show you that what a transformation it has been. And I'm so grateful that over 
the past three years, I haven't been around those types of toxic individuals. And if I feel like someone is complaining or being toxic at any or in any given shape or form, I hurry up and get away from them. Um, and again, that's my whole spiel. That's my whole spiel in terms of, you know, I think it's rude to take away the confidence of non-native English speakers if you're a teacher. I think it's rude to so many other things in regards to listening, but that's something for you to fill in. Here's another one. Uh, one thing that you find really irritating when you're speaking to someone is, so when you're speaking to someone, non-native English speaker or your, your native tongue, what do you find very irritating? And how do you go about overcoming that irritation? You know, because again, a lot of people, they find irritating, but they never do anything about it. And so to make it more practical, what do you do? So if I'm speaking to someone, I find it very irritated and annoying. And this has just happened to me when I'm, um, you know, working at this, uh, you know, uh, doing some high performance training at this company I'm training at right now. I find it very irritating when someone makes a face of, I don't know what you're talking about. Or I find it very irritating when someone looks at me as if I'm from another planet when I'm doing the training. And there are two women that do this consistently in that specific class. Now, remember, I have five classes there. And when those two do that, I'm just like, you know what? How do I adapt to that? I don't look at them anymore. I don't even ask them questions anymore. If you're going to be an ass, you choose to be an ass. I'm not holding you accountable for your being an ass. Maybe you're completely even unaware that you're making me very antsy by having that look on your face. And it's very difficult because obviously with mask on, I really don't know what the real look is. But you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. So stop making that face. And if you don't stop making that face, I'm not going to include you in discussions anymore. And then we could just go about our business and our life. You know what I mean? And so, you know, uh, and the lady at the company, she's like, uh, you know, she's the one uh, th that had hired me. She's like, how do you feel about your classes? And I'm like, listen, all the beginner classes are great. The p the students who have that look of, nah, of that boredom thing, I think that's really irritating too, especially when I'm speaking. But they don't know the art of looking enthusiastic, nor do they even realize what I'm actually giving them right they don't understand who i am they just believe that i'm a quote-unquote a teacher but they don't understand that the the scale at which i am growing and who i am specifically and so there is one norwegian girl in that class that you know sometimes you know she she looks a little bit bored and this and that and it's like the upper and it's like the intermediate class that seems to always have that look but there's only three students in that class that have that so I try not spending too much time talking and I try getting them into groups and pairing up with stuff very, very quickly. Um, because if I don't and they end up having that bored look on their face, I'm just like, you know what? Oh my God. So again, when in doubt, check it out. This is a principle from Jack Canfield's book that I had picked up because I remember when Jack Canfield was giving a presentation and he was speaking, there was a guy that had his arms crossed at the back of the room. And he was like, dude, this guy looks really, really pissed. What's going on? So during break, he went up to the guy. He's like, hey, man, I saw that, you know, you look very angry, you know, uh, during the presentation. Are you okay? And the guy just changed his whole de demeanor and said, oh, no, I'm actually really sick. I got the flu right now. And so sometimes we're just like, okay, what I'm perceiving to be very annoying, 
they may not even know what's going on, nor do I know what's going on in their shoes. So it's always important to have empathy, right? And I understand that at some point, it's not about, oh my God, the end is near or doom and gloom, or I'm always looking at it as a, okay, this company could go away. I just know that this is the bare basis. And I'm so grateful, unbelievably way over the moon in regards to having this company. But I know that with these students and especially Thai students in general, they don't know necessarily who I am right they don't know that i'm going to be a licensed high performance coach and i have to pay ten thousand dollars for that coach to be a life coach and a transformation coach and to go to pretoria south africa to do that specific course they don't understand the gravity at which it, it, it at which what they are getting is phenomenal you know and with that very boredom like oh i'm learning english type of attitude when i'm actually busting my ass creating these lessons after the 120 hours of a course, I'm going to have to reconsider based on everything else that may have come and maybe things, you know, coming up online and, uh, you know, maybe me doing, you know, uh, you know, business English court training or corporate finance or whatever at Brazilian company, who knows what could happen. I'm going to be like, okay, listen, because I'm already licensed in this and that, I'm going to have to boost my rates. And if you're not able to do that, sorry. And it just goes, you know, it's just like, I have to put myself, it's not so much the time, the energy, the the money, the return, and the sanity. It's more of a, okay, I'm looking at these three tomboys. Not, not that it matters or anything. But with them always having their head to the right and slouched over like, eh, I really don't care. Do I really want to continue helping people like that? Or do I want to help people who are actually very insatiable about learning? Get what I mean? So I'm going to stop it there because I'm going to end up speaking and speaking more and more and more. I got another question for you. If I'm bored in a meeting, what do you find yourself doing? On your phone, what do you find yourself doing if you're bored in a meeting? And another one is when people just won't get to the point, then it's okay to, what do you think it's okay to do if people just do not get to the point? Like you're like, come on, man, I barely got any time. You got to hurry up and get to the point. What do you think it's okay to do? So in saying that, I'm going to read an article and then we're going to listen to a group, okay? Uh, well, no, not a group, but we're going to listen to extracts uh, from a few conversations and we're going to listen to what's going on. It's like a four and a half minute audio, okay? But I'm going to read this article out first and we're going to look at some of these statistics or listen to them and hear how surprising they may be to you. <clears throat> so here we go. Psychologist Eric Byrne used to say that everyone in the world just wants to be listened to, but they seldom get what they want because so does everyone else. And this is especially true in the office. Research carried out by UK Leadership Institute, Rafi Park, shows that 80% of managers do not listen well. Part of the problem is that we think four to five minutes faster, okay? then we actually speak okay because again when we speak set well, what is it hold on let me say that one more time part of the problem is that we think four to five times faster than we speak about 700 words per minute is what we think so no wonder our minds wander the minute okay someone else opens their mouth because we're thinking 700 words 
outside of that too. So in a classic book by the name of Are You Listening, Ralph Nichols and Leonard Stevens estimated that the average employee spent about three quarters of each working day in conversations with colleagues and clients. Roughly half the time required them to listen, and yet this is a skill at which most only are, what is it, only 25% are effective. That means that in the case of an employee earning 50000 a year, their company is actually paying them around 14000 not to listen. But really bad listeners cost their companies millions more by damaging relationships, missing opportunities, and making careless mistakes. So there's an, uh, an ancient Greek philosopher by, by the name of Epictetus. I think that's his name. He stated, we have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. And so all of us have been there, done that. All of us have been in a meeting where you're speaking to someone and they're just not listening. I am that person where, you know, during my webinars, I'm just so there. And there are times like, especially during my Thai classes where I just keep saying the usual phrases, but I'm really not listening with intent. And we're going to practice how to listen and the listen method in the next podcast. But before that, let's do this listening. Let's take some notes. Let's do some talking. And then let's go from there. So three, two, and one. Extract A. James, do you have a minute? James? Oh, uh, hi, Ingrid. Uh, sorry, what was that? Well, it's just that I need to have a word with you about the quarterlies. But if you're busy, I can come back later. Yeah, okay. I mean, no, no, that's fine. Mm. Sorry, what was it you wanted to talk to me about? The wow. quarterlies, James. Only the meeting's on Friday, and I still haven't received figures from Hugh and Alison. James? Yes, yes, I'm listening. Uh, so Alison still hasn't sent you her figures? No, she hasn't. But I'm dealing with that. It's Hugh I'm having problems with. Hugh? I thought we were talking about Alison. And Hugh, James. This is the third time now he's been late with his quarterlies. I keep sending him reminders, and he keeps ignoring them. I thought you might talk to him. Mm, would you like me to talk to him? That's what I just... <laughs> uh, look, James, you're obviously in the middle of something else. I think I'd better talk to you later when you can give me your undivided attention. Sorry, Ingrid, sorry. Okay, where were we? Oh... There it is. There it is. Have you been in a meeting like that? Have you talked to someone like that? <sighs> We've all been there. We've all done that. I'm, I'm just as guilty as anyone else. And so how can you pay and have that undivided attention? Well, let's listen to a couple more conversations. <clears throat> Extract B. Tim, we really need to talk about your team's expense claims. Frankly, they're getting out of control. I don't know how to put this, but some of these restaurant bills are just ridiculous. Nicole, we've discussed this before, and as I've told Tim, you... Tim, could I just finish what I was saying? There's no need, Nicole. 
We have this same conversation just about every month, don't we? But your team's total expenses are now almost twice as much as everyone else's. You know we have a set budget for... Nicole, let me stop you right there. My team has far more client contact than anyone else's, so it's hardly surprising we're spending more on meals and entertaining now, is it? And I might remind you that we're also bringing in a lot more business than any other team. If you just let me finish... No, let me finish, Nicole. I have repeatedly asked for expense budgets to be performance-related, and you have repeatedly blocked that idea because... Whoa, now, wait a minute. I haven't blocked anything. As a matter of fact, I have been... Ah, there it is. Blaming. Okay, this guy did a very, very poor job. And the thing is, if she's saying that it's double the time, you like, uh, you know, for, what is it, twice as much, he's got to get facts. Because you know what? Facts are everything. Remember going back to, you know, that teacher who said, I don't think you're as good as you say you are four years ago, right? Is that an opinion or a fact? That's an opinion. And what is he basing that on? Course reports. Those course reports, what are they? Things that I could really give a damn about and they're a complete waste of my time. You're basing a couple of simple sentences and compound sentences and saying that I cannot teach IELTS writing because you saw my course reports. What are the facts? All my students who took the IELTS, they all got writing 6.5 to 7.0 at the time. That was four years ago, four and a half years ago. And now you're basing that off what? Give me the facts. So he could have easily just let it her just finish everything and say, okay, let's sit down and let's check this out together. Let's get all teams together. Let's look at the budgets and let's look at how and why my team just so happens to be spending so much money. And what can we do and go about doing this? And how is this being a very detriment to the company too? There you go, mission solved. I would let her finish, obviously, but he kept interrupting her. And the next thing you know, the, the anger started coming out of her towards the end and then that was the end. That's a failure. We've all been in meetings where things have failed immensely just like that. A blaming game, a shouting match. You guys heard it in my last podcast. Oh, you're not good at your job. You don't do this. You can't allocate. You can't do that. I don't have any work. He has too much work. Like, what is that going to do? What did that accomplish for one hour? Nothing. So let's go into the last one. Extract C. Now then, Mr. Hepburn, there are obviously one or two details we still need to sort out, but in principle, I think, uh... We've got a deal. Well, yes, I think so. Splendid. So, if you'll just sign here... Um, yes, of course, in just a moment. Now, as you know, reliability... Is a major concern for you, yes. I know that. And let me assure you, you have no worries there. You'll be one of our priority customers. I'll see you get the very best service. Uh, yes, well, that's good to know. It has been quite a few years since we last did business with you. Must be at least... Six years, as a matter of fact. I checked in our computer records. Six years? Is it really that long? Well, anyway, you'll understand. I just want to make sure... You don't end up with the wrong consignment like you did last time. <laughs> I'm sorry? The wrong consignment. Oh, no. We sent you the wrong consignment, and then it took us weeks to get the right one to you because of an administrative oh. error. 
Uh, rest assured, Mr. Freese, that won't happen again. We've got a completely new order system now. 100% efficient. Um, well, actually, I'd forgotten all about that consignment. I was going to say we need to make sure you're able to shorten your delivery times whenever our stocks run low. Oh. But now you mention it, that delay we had six years ago did cause us all kinds of problems. In fact, now I think of it, it was something of a nightmare. Um, maybe I need to have another look at your proposal, Mr. Hepburn, and get back to you on it in a couple of weeks. Oh. Damn! Oh my God! That's the definition of shooting yourself in the foot. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for the guy. I really do. You know, this guy kept interrupting. And, and, and to be honest with you, his normal remarks, you're our priority customer. Listen, everyone's a priority. Are you serious? Why the fuck would you even say that? That's number one. Number two, this guy said the consignment. We have a, a No, you don't want to mention it. She didn't, she stopped doing service with you a while back. For what reason? And then you said six years, making it even worse. And then you talked about the consignment. And then she just realized, oh my God, you did fuck up. Hold on, we gotta go back. Hold on, hold on. Let me get back to you on this. Oh my God, when you speak too much. Have you guys, I know you guys have a quote in your language. Have you ever realized that you get yourself in trouble when you speak too much? This guy did exactly that. Shame on him. And the thing is, he was just looking for a quick sell. Let's be honest. He was just looking, okay, if you sign right here. No, dude, chill out. Listen to her and listen to how you could be of service. You know what I mean? And then the whole interruption, like why would, I just hate it when people interrupt. And obviously that's one of the things I think it's rude to just interrupt and talk over people. This is very similar to what that Gary V guy would do. And I would get so frustrated when I used to listen to him like three, three and a half years ago, because I'm like, dude, this guy just keeps interrupting people over and over and over. Just a completely, just a complete mess. And I'm like, come on, man, how could you continue doing that? But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, well, if you just continue, you know, interrupting me, I wouldn't even like if he interrupted me two times, I would already reconsider. But then after that, look what ended up happening. You know what I mean? So, ah, shot himself in the foot, you know, and that's what happened. So to be honest with you, one way of making sure you're a good listener is to employ a technique called the listen method. And that method we're going to be discussing in the next podcast. So with that being said, people, whoa, it was a lot. It was a lot that we talked about. But with that being said, we're going to be diving into the wonderful ways of using this listening technique and going from there. So when saying that, people, thank you so much for listening to another wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast. If you have any other questions, you please let me know. And I will see you in the next one. Over and out.